0: queen's lead podcast i'm your host amy singleton and as a child of the 80s i'd love to say queens rule but they don't queens lead being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people the guests on our show do exactly that they are leading the way in their businesses families and communities they're taking their rightful place in the spotlight leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us welcome to the queen's lead podcast Welcome everybody to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today we have Margie Haddad. She is coming to us live from Israel. Welcome Margie. Thank you.
1: It's great to be here and hello to everybody out there. Hello. So tell us who Margie is. Who is Margie? I've been asking myself that question for years. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? Indeed. Well, let's see. I would have to say first and foremost, I am the proud mother of three grown children now, 25, soon to be 23, and just recently 18. Wow. And so I've been a working mom for over 25 years now. And at the core of it, I am a global PR expert been doing this for decades and my specialty is medical PR and I work with all different types of companies that are creating medical advancements that are going to improve healthcare whether it's a medical device a pharmaceutical I have special subspecialties in cell therapy and in diabetes nice and when I'm not doing that in my spare time, <laughs> all, that spare time. <laughs> all that spare time all that spare time yes i wrote a book called the power of PR parenting, how to raise confident, resilient, and successful children using public relations strategies. And the reason why I wrote this book was because I was sitting with my one of my daughters, and she was telling me about a friend of hers who had recently gotten married. And this friend was very concerned she wouldn't be able to balance becoming a mother Mm -hmm. and pursuing her academic and professional ambitions and she looked at her friend and she said you know hey my mom's been doing this for 25 years of course you can mom you've made mistakes but overall I think you got it right so this is what you should do you should write a book to help the next generation of working moms to have it easier when they're parenting and Amy I thought, all right, well, that's all well and good, but what on earth did I do? What did I do right? And by the yeah, way, I yeah. have that in writing? Um, right? So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Sometimes when but, trying to explain to someone where how you got from point A to point B, you're like, I don't even know.
1: It, it was really crazy. <laughs> and I was thinking about it and I thought, well, what did I do? And then it occurred to me that I had applied my professional skills as a public relations executive to bringing up my kids. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, there it is. And I, then I thought, well, has anybody else documented such a thing? And it turns out, no, this is the first time PR is being linked with parenting. Nice. So I consulted with somebody who knows about how to write a book because, you know, as PR and marketing people, we write everything under the sun and everything yeah. has its own formula. But I didn't know the formula for writing a book.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: So I went to Thought Leader Academy and they hooked me up with a wonderful developmental editor. And I spoke with a couple of real working moms of kids, you know, anywhere between four and 12, because from the start, I didn't just mm-hmm. want to write a book that says, okay, here's what I did. I wanted to answer substantive questions of how, you know, what do you want to know how to handle? What are your Mm -hmm. questions? And I'll use this book to answer your questions.
0: Yeah. Give the people what they need, what they want.
1: From the start, this is about helping out. This is not about me. This is about helping the next generation of working moms to benefit from, look, hindsight, hindsight's 2020. You know, that expression, if I knew then when I know now, Okay. Yes. So I want to give y'all <laughs> what I know, what I know now, but you know, it, then. you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your history in corporate coming up in the PR world. And then you eventually opened your own PR firm, correct? Yes.
1: I started off as a television journalist. Then I became an agent in the modeling industry.
0: Nice. Then
1: very interestingly, I became a public relations person. I was the spokesperson for the Israeli government at the New England Consulate from 93 to 95. And that was when, during the Oslo Accords. I don't know if you remember the handshake on the White House lawn with uh, President Clinton and uh, Prime Minister Rabin and Foreign Minister Perez. and. The president of the PA Yasser Arafat. So that was my very first job after I started.
0: Incredible.
1: That was my first PR job and then fast forward I moved to Israel a couple years later I was invited to work in the policy planning department writing speeches and background papers for the bilateral tracks for the Oslo Accords and a little while later I got married I had my first child, and then I went into commercial public relations.
0: Wow. What a I mean, journey. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's been crazy. And I was with uh, an agency for multiple years, and then eventually I went out on my own. And so I've been on my own since my second child was born. So we're talking around 22 years. Mm -hmm. And along the years, I mean, I've done everything in public relations, you know, working with the big agency, I was the director of international media. So I worked, you know, whatever was a global story fell on my desk. Mm
0: -hmm. So people,
1: places, things, governments, um, motorcycles, you name it. So like Moto Guzzi, I don't know if you remember the Italian motorcycle company, but yeah. that was one of the clients back in the day. Oh, cool. So, and actually I have a Moto Guzzi jacket because that, that, that account worked out really, really well. So the oh chair can for a, a jacket for me, which is in the closet. How cool. Yeah. That's and it's, awesome. it is kind of, it's kind of fun. And I do let my kids borrow it. My son looks absolutely fabulous in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking my 19 year old son would just die to see that. That's awesome. That's so yeah, cool. it's,
1: it's a really fun thing it's a really fun thing so then I started on my yeah. own after number two came around and that's when I got into medical PR and I kind of slipped into it because we had a friend of the family who was ill and I was researching clinical trials because Israel's really the land of the clinical trial there's it's mm. Startup Nation and MedTech is one of its foremost things. So no I figured if it's, if it's happening, and you know, it's probably happening here. So yeah. along with my research, I started talking with this one CEO and we got on very nicely. And he said, you know, we need PR. Would you be interested? And that's how I got into medical PR. Uh, no formal background in the sciences, but I do understand it. Interestingly enough when I listen to a scientist talk on a very, very high level. And then I say to him, so what you're trying to say, and then I translate it into what I call Science 101. Yeah. And then in a media training, I teach them how to deliver very sophisticated concepts in very simple terms and in sound bites so that people like us, well, you're actually a
0: medical professional.
1: But so that the average person can understand and absorb it the first
0: time it's heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more complicated the concept, the more simple we need to make it for the layperson, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Regardless absolutely. of industry. Yeah. Well, I love you can that. have the
1: most brilliant idea, Amy, but if nobody understands what you're saying, then it's completely lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. And is it true, would you say, I mean, you know, people get up all the time to give these 10 minute pitches to like a shark tank or something you don't have 10 minutes honey you got 60 seconds to get them eyebrows raised (laughs) and they better understand what it is you're saying because if they don't understand you confuse they're lost that's right that's right Mm -hmm. so
1: we we leave the high science at home and we bring science 101 and the good news is is i work with some absolutely amazingly talented people and they learn lightning fast so after a couple of trainings, they are ready to go. And it sticks. I've seen it stick like six months later, there might be something coming in and I may not have had time to media train them for that particular opportunity because of timing. And we'll be walking down the hallway and I'll whisper something into their ear and they'll just literally tell me what I want to hear. And I'm like, okay, check. They got job. it. They're good. You get it now. Yay. <laughs> oh, no. Wonderful. Just wonderfully talented people here. And I'm really fortunate to be able to work with the best and the brightest and people who are really changing the world medically and advancing science. And it's very excited to see what's coming around the corner.
0: Incredible. Wow. What a journey. I can't even imagine um, what that looks like, making that shift back then with young kids. Would you like to tell us a little bit about like, what were some of the struggles you had between, you know, working for someone else and developing your own concept and moving forward with that?
1: Well, we all know that when we work for somebody else, we have to go according to their model. Yeah. And we have to be respectful of that model and do that. We can, best that we can to fit in within that structure. And then when I ultimately, when I ultimately went on my own, then it was up to me to create the structure and i'm look i've been doing this for 22 years so i actually love making my own time and i'm very organized and dedicated so and and look we're women so we multitask we can do a couple things at the same time yeah As you're making your coffee within, you know, warming up your coffee in the microwave, you go and check what's on the email, then you come back when you hear eh, and then you continue on with your day, right? (laughs) Yes.
0: Constantly a million things, but getting it to do, I hear what I heard was fitting in to their concept and then making your own concept. I think a lot of our listeners are going, I'm no longer fitting in. I know that my values are not aligned with this corporation, this company, and they're going, I can do this better. I can do this my way and live my life the way I want to live it and do my business the way I want to do it. Yes, ma'am. You said That's it beautifully.
1: I <laughs> yes, abs- absolutely. I, I really, if you're for, from my perspective on public relations, you're working 24 by seven as it is. If you're mm-hmm. going to work 24 by seven, you may as well do
0: it on your own terms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we I get so many questions. Mom. Yeah. About that balance, that, that life. Like, what is my balance? Well, How much time do I spend with my family? How much time do I spend on my business? Honey, you don't. There is no balance. This is your life now. All of it happens at all times, right? It is a 24-7 life.
1: It is a 24 by 7 life, but I'll tell you what's kind of fun about it. And I would like to argue the opposite of a commonly accepted philosophy. We were taught to leave the job at the office to separate and then come home and just be with the family. Mm -hmm. I say, no, I say what makes you, you, and what makes you special Mm -hmm. are those professional skills that you use every single day at the office. So I say, leave all the pressure from the office, but take those skills that you have, take Mm -hmm. that professional superpowers that you have and bring them home and use them to help your children to be the
0: best that they can be. That's it. And here's our segue into the book. So your daughter's friend says, help us out. Like, give us some direction. You are an expert at raising these adult kids now with obvious excellence in your professional skills. Um, tell us about that book and, and um, some of the concepts that you're that you're sharing with the world with it.
1: Absolutely, with absolute pleasure. First of all, it's going, it's publishing on April 4th. So when this podcast airs, it is already out. So you can go to Amazon and you can get your copy.
0: It is hot off the press yesterday, yesterday. Go and go find it
1: right now on Amazon. It's called The Powered PR Parenting. Again, how to raise confident, resilient, and successful children using public relations strategies. It comes with a free workbook mm. so that each chapter, again, answers real working mom questions. Mm-hmm. And at the, you'll hear about the stories, personal and professional, of how I use these very strategies to raise my own kids. Then I walk you through step-by-step step exactly what I did and then there's exercises so that you can do the same thing but based on your specific situation because mm-hmm. one thing we know for sure there's certain things that are universal but there's certain things that need to be tailored according to your special version of it
0: mm-hmm. so I
1: would like every parent who reads this book or anybody who works with kids who reads this book to walk away with a real solid action plan with an idea of a new approach, a new way of thinking, and something tangible in their hands. So they go, okay, I'm gonna try this and this is how I'm gonna handle it this time. And they're actually mm-hmm. prepared. Yes. So that's that's one of the goals of the book is to give you a real action plan. And it's for, we, we, the earliest story is dropping my son off at the kindergarten and a PR practice I used to get over the separation anxiety of walking mm-hmm. out the door when I dropped my tiny little baby off at kindergarten for the or nursery school. You know, he was six months old. Yeah. And my heart panged and I felt horrible and I didn't want to leave. And he was crying. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I use the PR technique to calm my, forget about him, to calm myself down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and all the way up to uh, being a teenager and dealing with all the nonsense that's out there today uh, and self-esteem and resilience because we don't always succeed and how to deal with successes and failures with grace and grit and how to be part of the solution rather than all those problems that we read about in the news every day.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: So these are all the things that are, you know, more or less that are covered. So it runs the gamut of the age group. And these were tried and tested on my own kids. Now, I want to make a a statement here. I'm Amy, I am not a psychologist and I am not a parenting expert. I'm a public relations expert that used this new approach successfully on my three children. Mm -hmm. It worked for me. I want to show you what I did with the hope that it works for all the readers and all the working moms and all the interested dads out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us some of those. What are, what were those as you started asking these young mothers? My kids haven't been really little in a long time. (laughs) Mine are closer to your kids' kids' age. Our oldest is 28. Uh, Then we have 25, 22, 19, and 14. And three grandchildren from the oldest. (laughs) Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Yeah, so tell me what those questions, what are these young mothers asking? What are they needing help through? What were the most commonly um, asked that you answered for them?
1: They wanted to know how to deal with bullies, Mm. whether they're online or at school, Mm -hmm. whether they're kids or whether they're actually teachers because teachers are known to bully too, or uh, adults with authority.
0: Oh they wanted yes. to know
1: something as simple as have, how do you get your kid to be willing to give up their pacifier without a major drama at home? Ah. They want to know how do you build self love and resilience using public relations skills? Because sometimes confidence is a really hard thing to instill in your child, especially when it's hard to grow up. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it's challenging, and especially today. I mean, back in the old days, Amy. You could go to school, go home, and I didn't have social media when I was growing up, and I guess mm-hmm. you didn't either,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: today, it's all about, I mean, everyone's glued to their phone, so mm-hmm. you know who's been invited, and you know who hasn't been invited based on the pictures, yeah. so there's lots of stinging going on, and as parents, we can use certain practices to help raise our children into the sunshine, give them the self-esteem to take control of their own day and to control their own destiny and not let anybody decide
0: for them what what's going to be for them. Mm -hmm. So tell us about now I'm in marketing and we regularly put out press releases, which is not the same as public relations by any means. So tell us some of those core public relations concepts that maybe the guests might be completely unfamiliar with and how we can relate that back. Give us some teasers maybe from the book and you know, Absolutely. on those concepts themselves.
1: That's fun, that's really fun. Okay, so public relations to your point is a common denominator with lots of professions. So if you don't know anything about PR, you're gonna learn something completely new.
0: All right, bring it.
1: In sales, marketing, PR, media, what have you, this is going to be a new approach to your to to use for your existing skills. For example, copywriting, we all do it. Writing skills are very important, and it's something that requires practice in order to advance your skill set. I say let's begin in the very early stages, and let's take very natural rites of passage to start teaching the kids how to write. So if you have a natural rite of passage, then it becomes a tool to get the kid to go from point A to point B so that they can successfully do what they want to achieve, right? So now think about it. What happens in first grade biologically?
0: First grade, you start losing your teeth. Yes.
1: Oh, you are smart. Well done. That is really well I'm done. I'm like, what
0: was the most traumatic thing that happened to me in the first grade? I don't know. <laughs> My teeth started falling out, right? Right.
1: Exactly. So, what do you do when your tooth falls out? What's the traditional rite of passage when that happens? What did you do?
0: You put it under your pillow and you wait for the tooth fairy. You get okay. a little money. Correct. Okay. Let's take that
1: an extra step. I asked my children to write a letter to the tooth fairy with a request. Oh, okay. Because in first grade, not only do you lose your teeth, but you're also starting to learn how to write because in kindergarten, you got your letters down, got your ABCs down. In first grade, they start to teach you how to put a sentence together, sentence structure. Mm -hmm. So I use that as an opportunity to teach my kids writing skills. And I would help them with content if they wanted, and they would write it down. And then I would sit next to them after they wrote their draft. And in a very soft color, never red, because red just is fire engine angry.
0: Yes. And Mark all over that paper. Yeah. yeah I have no, them right teachers.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I, I always hated when I got back any kind of anything with red marks that just really upset me Mm -hmm. but if I got something with yellow or pink or green it never really bothered me I was just looking for the changes right Mm -hmm. so then I would edit with my kids and I would say this is one way to do it now here's another are you can I show you another way and they're like Mm -hmm. okay show me another way so nothing was attacking everything was positive really well done can I show you another way to do something? And they said, sure. And I showed them with the green or the pink or the blue. And then after we did that, then they would write it in a, again to make it pretty for the tooth fairy. And then put that letter, staple it together, put it with the tooth and put it under their pillow. Wow. And the letter would ask for some version of money. And if they didn't have to say, dear Tooth Fairy, if you run out of money, can I have a chocolate bar? Because I always had chocolate at home, <laughs> which from a from a medical standpoint, there's medicinal uh, benefits to it. Anti, I think it's antioxidants or something. There's something in milk chocolate that's good for you or dark chocolate. And it also washes off your teeth nicely. So in terms of the candy department, chocolate's the good one. Yeah. So that was a PR practice that we started employing in first grade to hone the writing skills. And then we continued wow. with every traditional rite of passage, whether it's you know, in in Israel, we and in, in the Jewish faith, we have something called the bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. We have to give a presentation. So we same exercise. Yeah. Now, when they got older, anything was game, including their text messages. <laughs> when my kids write to me and the English is bad on the text message, I think to myself, is that an autocorrect? Or did they just like forget their English? So I said, can you please yeah. write me back and just correct the English, please, just so that I can exhale? And then they write me <laughs> back. So everything's game. Everything for me is a writing assignment.
0: Wow. So for me, like what, what I heard when you said teaching them to write the letter to the tooth fairy, it's not only teaching them to write and communicate, it's teaching them to collaborate with you on feedback. And the most important thing that I can imagine that would have given me as a young girl is asking for something I want yeah. Asking for something. How do we ask people for what we want? How do we ask for raises? How do we ask for a promotion? How do we ask for a date? How do we ask someone to be our friend? We don't, we aren't taught these skills as young kids. We just are taught, like you said, that rite of passage, you put your, your tooth, you get the thing. Well, that's not how life works. honey. you got to ask for that stuff you want. You better be open in your mouth or pulling out a pen and paper and asking for that. So how valuable. Wow. My mind really, Thank
1: you. It really, this practice really instilled a, an enormous amount of confidence in my kids to be able to go up to the bat, make the request. Yeah. It instilled self-esteem It instilled confidence. They understood that not every, there's no, no such thing as the perfect first draft,
0: <laughs> right? So,
1: which is resilience, right? Because mm-hmm. they understood that the first draft was the first draft and now let's improve it to get it to the point where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know all all those things. So yeah, it's a really really wonderful exercise that we literally continue until today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> well, wow. so writing and communication—that's one. That's obviously a huge pillar of PR. What's something else that you taught them? That's another PR concept that we might not know.
1: I taught them how to celebrate likenesses and commonalities as well as diversity.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Because it's a big world out there and in international public relations, we're constantly dealing with people in all sorts of different countries, different backgrounds, different cultures. And when you write a press release, as an example, and you put it out in English, that's one way of delivering the message. When you send that same information to Italy or Japan or France or Brazil, then you need to translate it. And those same words may not be received the same way. So you need to adjust it for the local flavor, which means that there's all sorts of different people with all sorts of different backgrounds and ways of approaching the same situation. And what I try to do with my children, whether with a passport and taking them to different places to be able to experience different cultures. I also made an effort to take them places just in our own backyard or mm-hmm. invite people from abroad who happen to be in town, you know, from my business. I have had I have friends from all over the world, and whenever they come to Israel, they're always invited to our house. And they might come over and do the cooking. And then we get to enjoy cuisine from another country and from another background, which is really cool.
0: Wow! And they also
1: learn about the culture of that person. So by understanding that there's that this world is made up of all sorts of different types of people. So we mm-hmm. find what we have in common. Generally yeah. speaking, it's family and love of profession and wanting to do well and be successful and health and those kind of things and music. And we always seem to have friends who like to dance. (laughs) And then there are the differences. And we go, oh, how cool is that? Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. So we learn to enjoy both the commonalities as well as the differences. And because of that, it helps my children to be part of the solution rather than the problem of prejudice.
0: Mm, That's so good. Yeah.
1: So that's a very big international public relations, if you will, diplomacy type mm-hmm. lesson that we've learned at home and that I really hope that my children will pay for to their children someday. And yeah, hopefully that's the beginning. That's that's how you establish peace ultimately is by yeah. assuming peaceful interaction with pe- you know, people from other places as long as the interaction is peaceful, then hopefully that will pay it forward and we can really achieve peace sometime in the future.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, I'm, I grew up in Oklahoma in the south central area of the United States, which is, you know, very um, non-diverse, I would say. As, well, when I was a child, it was very non-diverse um, and we didn't travel much. So it wasn't until really adulthood that I started to truly understand those concepts of everything is not like the way things are is not the way things are those are the way things are where i am only <laughs> so exposing our children to to those kind of concepts so much earlier on i can see infinite value infinite value in that oh man that is fun too oh, sorry. Yeah. And it's fun and it's fun. So um, how can someone expose their children to that? And maybe if they're not in the opportunity, you know, they're not in a place where they can travel to different countries. What are some ways that we can begin to expose our kids to those concepts without having to, to go to that place?
1: Sure. Well, think about sports events. Think about artistic events. If a Mm -hmm. dance troupe is coming to town or a sports event is coming to town, or someone in your in your circles is having some sort of a party for a rite of passage uh, Mm. or uh, colleagues come from different countries invite them to come home have dinner Mm. and tell your children about their countries there's always somebody out there who's from somewhere else Mm-hmm. And what's nice is to be accepting and understand that they have an interest in making friends and being part of the community, but also maintaining their culture. So mm-hmm. it's always nice when you can invite them to share that culture. And I yes. assume that they would be receptive to that as well. And, you know, religiously speaking, I mean, there's all sorts of rites of passage and traditions and parties that are associated. So if your child's invited to one of those, encourage them to go and attend to enjoy, but also to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to be open and, and, and understands the way other people do things. That's, um, that's awesome. So the book's coming out in April. Yesterday, we can go and buy it. Uh, do you offer a way to work with you one-on-one for parents that may want additional help?
1: Short answer, yes. I am starting a program At the end of May, on Wednesdays, I believe the first class will be May 24th, 12 to 2 Eastern time, which is the equivalent of 7 to 9 my time. So I want to be coherent for everybody. And (laughs) this way, we can deep dive into all of the lessons and techniques addressed in the book, but then also take those and get into whatever your situation is and help you to plan and get your action items and how to address things and any kind of questions that you would like. Amy, I've worked with CEOs all over the world and I've worked with world leaders Mm -hmm. back when I was working for the Israeli government. So it is absolutely my honor and my privilege to be working with the next generation of working moms because ladies And I'll count the guys in there, too, if they want to be counted, Dad. We're all bringing up the most important job. What we're all Mm -hmm. doing is bringing up the next generation of contributing citizens. There's no more important job than that. So Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, what you're doing is stellar. And I want to be here to support you based on my experience and expertise and help you to have that 2020 hindsight. So you don't have to make the same hiccups, but you can emulate the same successes and take that Mm -hmm. and use your own superpowers to help those kids at home. Do their Mm -hmm. thing, be their best. And best can be defined any way you want it to be. It can be success. Listen, Amy, success can be anything from getting good grades to doing well at your, your sports event or your artistic event to not burning the toast that morning.
0: That's right. You know? Yeah. So the guests are obviously going to go by the book. Some of them are going to come and work with you. What is one takeaway? If you could tell the young mothers listening right now who are feeling that stress, wanting to do the best job they can in business and in their personal lives and with their kids, what's that one thing that you feel like most women really need to just lock on to and remember?
1: Take care of you first. The more chilled out and happy you are, the happier kids will be. And Mm. one of the things we do in the book is give you an opportunity to look at time differently. Mm. And in 20 seconds or less, you can instill confidence into your kids and take a deep breath. All it takes is a hug.
0: Of yourself. Of
1: yourself (laughs) and of your children and of your children, give them a wink, give them a smile, give them a hug. It takes a matter of seconds and it breathes that kind of positivity to them, to you, that will charge you up for that next step, whatever that might mm-hmm. be to keep you yeah. happy, to keep the kids happy, happy mommy, happy kids, happy kids, happy mommy. So take that's care right. of you, whatever that
0: means. Mm-hmm. And that's not just a bath, ladies are getting your nails done. That is truly finding that place where you can love yourself, have compassion for your younger self, have compassion for the mistakes you've made and the things you've learned through the years have made you where you are today. That's the only way we can love those kids is when we get back to us and loving us first
1: 100%. I'll tell you what I did before I got onto this call, and what I do whenever I get really stressed out, I jam, I rock it out. A little Anastasia, a little bit of uh, Cardi and Bruto before I got on because you know, yeah, I wanted to get out any kind of nervous energy. It's actually a technique I use in media training. Every Mm. single one of my clients rocks out before they go on.
0: (laughs) Nice. Put on that theme song, that theme music. Get moving. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That's right up my alley. I love it. So we can buy the book on Amazon. Tell us where we can connect with you if they want, if if the guests want to come and get some of that one-on-one coaching, group coaching, um, connect with you. Where's the best place to find you?
1: Thank you. My book portal which will have the program there and anything book related and program related and coaching related is PR for period life and four spelled out F-O-R. So P-R-F-O-R dot life. And you can reach me at Margie, M-A-R-J-I-E, J Lake Japan, I-E, at P-R for period life. And everyone is invited to write to me and I invite you to join the community, which you can do if you go on, and you also get a free download too of my top 10 PR pro tips for planning the perfect party. That's just my little gift to you, uh, and you get to join the community, and that way we always have a connection together, and you'll have updates for whatever is going on, and it's all very exciting. And I genuinely, genuinely look forward to working with all the moms and helping out as best as I can, and. No questions, a stupid question. Bring it on, ladies. Been there, seen it, and done it. Okay, I've been in all those movies. (laughs) Let me hear what's going on and let's figure it out together.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Margie, for being my guest and for being a queen that leads. Thank you so much.